I appreciate y'all being here and entering in. And for those of you who are watching online, I'm, I'm believing you're entering in also. I'm excited about this message today. We've been preaching a series on discipleship called Forward in Faith. And today I'm preaching on the, deci- the seasons of discipleship. Seasons are periods of time characterized by certain conditions or certain activities. For example, we have four seasons in a year. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Those seasons are based on weather conditions. We also have seasons based on activities. There's, we're coming up on football season. <laughs> Baseball season, basketball season, hunting season, holiday season. I mean, there's all kinds of seasons. They're part of, of life. And when it comes to discipleship, there's several ways of looking at, at, at seasons. We can view it as life stages. In our physical life, spring is your childhood years. Summer is when you start to grow into your young adult years. And fall is your middle age years. And and winter is your older senior years. Uh, We could also look at seasons as stages of spiritual growth. And this really has nothing to do with your age because you can start, you can be born again when you're young or when you're old. But when you are born again, that, that you enter into the springtime of your, of your Christian life. And then you enter into the summer of it as you begin to grow in the Lord. And then on into the, the, the fall and the time of harvest and winter where you're making other disciples. In fact, I addressed this in an earlier sermon in this series. The sermon was called The Discipleship Journey. It was based on 1 John 2, 13 through 14, which says, I write to you, little children, because you've known the Father. I've written to you, fathers, because you've known him who's from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. From this, we can see there are seasons in our Christian life. There are stages of growth in our Christian life. And if you are a newer Christian, hey, be encouraged that you're in the springtime of your Christian life. You've been forgiven, and now you begin to grow in your spiritual life. If you're a maturing Christian, be encouraged that, that God is strengthening you through his word and he is teaching you how to overcome the evil one. If you're a mature Christian, be encouraged that now you can help develop others who are also growing in their faith in, in knowing God. Whatever season of life you find yourself in, whatever season of your spiritual life you find yourself in, whatever generation of believer you are, be encouraged and continue to grow in each and every season. There's discipleship that occurs in every season where you continue to grow in knowing God and in serving God. But there's another, y'all, are y'all going to be quiet on me today? Yeah. <laughs> just, just checking, okay. I'm preaching better than your amen, and I know that much. There's another way of looking at seasons. The Bible addresses this in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. Very familiar passage. It says this. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stone and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak. Some of y'all need to remember that part. Uh, A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. 
God has a time for everything. And if you're looking at that list, to, to us, some of those things look good. Some of those things look not so good. But God says there's a time for everything. Who determines the times and the seasons? God. In Acts 1, 7 through 8, the disciples have been asking Jesus. They, they never quite got it with Jesus. They never quite understand when he came to It was after, they're always wondering, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Are you going to restore the kingdom? Are you going to become king now, Messiah, this earthly king? And it never happened. And then he, uh, while he was ministering, and then he was crucified and buried, and he rose again. And they're like, okay, now, now, now you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel. Now it's going to happen. And Acts 1, 7, Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It almost seems like well, those two things don't go together. But here's what God's saying. He's saying, I determine the times. I determine the seasons. You might be like the Jesus' early disciples and, and not like the season you're in. You might be wishing for another season. You might be wanting a different kind of season. But God has you in a certain season, and he will give you the power of the Holy Spirit to make it through, to get through whatever season he sends you. God will give you the power to get you through it. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit to help make us through good times and bad times and times of grief and times of joy, easy times and tough times, rainy seasons and dry seasons, hot seasons and cold seasons. What we've got to do is discern the season we are in and act appropriately for that season. And we've got to learn how to grow, how to mature, how to follow Jesus, how to be a disciple in each and every season. Now listen. There's a lot of people who always want a different season than the one they're in. Even in the, the physical seasons that we experience. If it's cold, they want it hot. If it's hot, they want it cold. If it's raining, they want it to stop. If it's not raining, they want it to start. And so they're in constant frustration over the season they're in. And there are many Christians like that. Whatever spiritual season they're in, they want to be in a different spiritual season. And they miss out. Listen, if that's true of you, you miss out on what God wants to do in you in that season. Listen, I am preaching some good stuff today, and y'all are just sitting there looking at me. If you would grab a hold of this, stop complaining about the season you're in. Accept where God has you and begin to receive what he wants to do in you and through you in this very season. Now listen, there are some people who respond differently in, in, in extreme ways to seasons, and so do many Christians. Uh, one extreme is what I, I call spiritual storm chasers. Do you know storm chasers? There, there are people who chase storms and who chase tornadoes. The rest of us are trying to get away from them. These people are chasing them. Now, a few of them are meteorological. They're weather people. But a few of them are just like adrenaline junkies. They want to chase that tornado down. They want the adrenaline rush. 
And spiritual uh, storm chasers are Christians who cannot embrace the dry times of the Christian life. They only want excitement. And so they go from church to church, from conference to conference, always chasing some new experience. Now listen, but they don't grow because they don't plug in to a church. They don't plug into the season they are in. And so they don't go through these seasons of growth. They don't realize the truth of Psalm 92, 13 that says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. It doesn't mean those who occasionally attend. It doesn't mean to those who, who just watch what's going on. Those who plug in, get planted, let their roots go down deep in, in, in the house of God. But some people never get planted, so they never flourish because they're constantly moving. Listen, they're constantly moving to give them the illusion of life change. I hope you get this. God really put this on my heart this week, so someone needs to hear this. Because they are not really changing. They just keep changing the scenery. And it gives them the illusion of change. Yeah, it's different. It's a different place. It's different people. It's, it, it's exciting for a while. And they get this illusion of change, but they're only changing the scenery, and it does not result in spiritual growth. So you've got to find out where God wants you to get planted and then get planted. There's another extreme that I call Christian snowbirds. I don't know if you know who snowbirds are, but those are people who live in the north and they come south in the winter. They go to Texas, they go to Florida because of the mild climate. But as soon as it starts to heat up here, what do they do? They go back north to the cooler climate. Pretty smart actually, right? Wouldn't you rather be up in like Minnesota right now, you know? I mean, then in the winter you come down here. But see, this is what many Christians do. If things heat up in their church or in their life, they run to where it's milder. If there's a cold season in their church, they run to where it's warmer. Unlike storm chasers who thrive on the extreme, spiritual snowbirds never want any extreme. They want to escape whatever season they are in, and so they miss out on what God is doing in that season. I hope you catch what I'm saying today. We've got to learn to grow and thrive in every season of life. I want to talk a little bit about those seasons this morning. First is spring. spring. And springtime is the time to plant. It's the time to prune. Time for breaking up open the fallow ground. Time to plow. Time to take action. Spring's the time for new beginnings. Spring is the honeymoon of the marriage. It's the grand opening of a business. It's the planning of a new church. Spring is the start of a, a new friendship. Spring is not the time for harvesting. In, in fact, springtime is the time when we determine that if the harvest is to be, it's completely up to me. In other words, I can't expect somebody else to do my planting for me. I know we're dependent upon God for a harvest, but listen, the farmer's got to plant the seed. He can't sit up in his house, sitting on his porch, say, God, would you go plant that seed for me today? Would you plow that ground? Would you pull up them weeds? If the farmer does that, I'll tell you what he's going to reap in fall. Nothing. I don't have to be a prophet or the son of a prophet to tell you that. He's going to reap nothing. 
I can't expect somebody else to do my plowing, to do my weeding, to do my planting, to do my pruning. In the springtime, that's the time for us to plow, to plant, to prune, plant seeds for harvest, cut away the unfruitful things in our lives. And if we don't plant or prune in the spring, there will be no harvest in the fall. Listen to this, Proverbs 24. A sluggard, that's a really lazy person. Think of a slug, barely moving. A slugger does not plow in season. So at harvest time, he looks but finds nothing. If we have no crop at harvest time, it's because we planted no seed in the springtime. If we have a small crop, it's because we did not do the pruning that was required. We had no growth. But all we really had was wild, uncontrolled growth of weeds, but it was not fruitful growth. Spring is a time to plow, to plant, to prune. And then summertime, is, it's a time of when it's growing. There's a time of growth and maturing, the time of, uh, uh, to water and uh, what you planted and to pull up the weeds. And we used to call it chopping cotton. You got to get out there and chop that cotton and pull up them weeds. And, and, and just because we planted some seeds in the spring doesn't mean that our work is done. We need the continual water of the Holy Spirit. We need to pull out the weeds that the enemy plants. Summer is the time to fertilize what was planted. And summer is usually associated with long, slow, stifling heat like we're in right now. And it's about exerting maximum effort without seeing a harvest. Think of your yard right now. You know, I used to say I'm going out to mow my yard, and now I'm saying I'm going out to bale the hay. <laughs> and many people give up in this summer season because it's hard work, and there's a lot of waiting. Waiting is a part of life. It's part of the Christian life. Always has been, always will be. But God promises we don't have to wait forever. There's a season of waiting. Galatians 6, 9 tells us, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season... Due season. Can you say due season? In due season, we will reap if we do not lose heart. This is telling us not to give up if we want to reap a harvest. Think about that. What if you give up? I mean, some people plant and they do the weeding and they do the, the, the sowing, but then, then they, they give up, they stop, stop working, stop giving, stop, stop serving before it's harvest time, and then they get nothing. And, and, and the, 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 really, the only surefire way to fail is to give up. But God promises that if you keep going, if you don't give up, your due season will come. What's a due season? Well, the Amplified Bible translates this like this. It's due time and at the appointed season. The New Living Translation says it's just at the right time. God knows the right time. I don't, you don't. Accept that. And you'll be much better off in your life. God knows when the due season is. So trust God in the summer season of heat and of hard work and of waiting and don't give up. And then you'll get eventually to the fall season or autumn. It's, it's harvest time. This is the season you look forward to all year. You've had all this hard work and now you're going to enjoy the fruit of your labor. Yes, there's still work to be done to bring in the harvest. But once that backbreaking work is done, you have reaped what you've sown. It's a time for celebration. There's food on the table. There's money in the bank. But a harvest depends on what we already planted. 
So many people get it backwards and say, God, if you bless me, then I will give. And God says, no, 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 no. You give and I will bless you. You got to plant seeds. Don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. A, a man reaps whatever he sows. You got to sow in order to reap. And so at harvest time, it's too late to start planting. You see everybody else bringing in their crop. Got them harvesters out there, them combines. I mean, they're, I mean, they're bringing it in. And you look at your old dusty field. You mean, I better get out there and plant something. It's too late now. You got to wait for the next season. But if we planted seeds and we waited on God, we will reap a harvest in Jesus' name. That brings us to winter. Winter's a cold season. A time when it doesn't seem like much is happening at all. You know those seasons in life. It's like nothing is happening. Winter can be difficult. It can be discouraging. The trees are bare and lifeless and the ground is cold and frozen. But winter is necessary. It's a time of, of rest. It's a time of letting the ground rest. It's a time of letting yourself rest and, and to have energy then to plant again in the, the spring. It's a time to, to reevaluate things and to set goals and to, 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 to see what God wants for your next season. So, and you need that time of rest in the winter to determine uh, what you're going to do in the spring and to give you the strength to keep going. The point is we've got to discern the times, the discern the season, and then take appropriate action. In springtime, plant, prune, plow. In summer, water and pull reeds. In autumn, harvest. In the spiritual winter, rest and evaluate. Ecclesiastes 8, 5, and 6 says, the wise heart will know the proper time and procedure, for there's a proper time and procedure for every matter. God has an appointed time for everything and a way to do everything. And we cannot change it. We've just got to submit to it and be ready for it. Now listen, I want to help prepare you for the tough times when it seems like nothing is happening. I want to help prepare you for these winter seasons in life. I want to show you the reasons for that season and show you the beauty of spiritual winter as I focus the rest of my message on the three positive purposes for spiritual winter. Three positive purposes for spiritual winter. Number one, here's why winter is so important. Winter kills the bugs of the past and keeps them from attacking the harvest of the future. I, 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 know, I grew up in farming country and all, and, and I remember we would have, whenever we have a mild winter, you know, you, you'd say, you, know, you talk to a farmer, like, isn't this great, this winter is mild? He's like, no, it's not great. What do you mean? We need some cold weather. We need some hard freezes. Why? It kills bugs. And bugs want to kill my harvest. And for us, there's bugs in our lives. Sins, anger, unforgiveness, addictions, fear, unbelief, impatient bugs that would endanger our, our, our future harvest. Everybody has those bugs. You know why? Because everybody has fruit, and bugs and fruit always grow together. But God wants fruitfulness. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But bugs want to come in and steal your fruit. The enemy wants to steal your fruit. And that happens during winter time. Killing of those bugs happens during the, the winter time. However, because we're in this hard winter, it's tough to see it as a blessing. Because it's so cold and because there's so much waiting around. A lot of winter is also waiting 
But we've got to learn to wait on God's timing if we're going to grow. Listen to what James said in James 1.4. Let patience, let patience, let patience have its perfect work. Patience works on you. And what does it do? That you may be perfect or mature and complete, lacking nothing. You're not going to mature without patience. That means you're not going to mature without learning how to wait. Listen, God has to do his work in us before he can do his work through us. And think about the great men and women of the Bible who had to wait. Moses waited on the backside of a desert for 40 years. Joseph waited in a pit and in a prison before he was exalted to a palace. Esther waited through a year of preparation before she went to the king. Jesus waited 30 years before he began his ministry. God knows the right time. God knows the right season. God knows when we're ready. We don't know. Many times we think we're ready. And God knows if I let you do that right now, if I let you go for that right now, it's going to be an absolute head-on collision. I remember when our son turned 17 and he wanted his first car. And he kind of wanted this sports car. And I always did this thing with my kids, like, okay, here's how much I'm willing to pay. If you want that car... You're going to have to earn the money to make the difference. And for those shoes, you're going to have to earn the money to make the difference. And, and so he did it. And we didn't really think he was ready for this car, but he earned the money, so he bought this shiny white Camaro. And within three weeks, he totaled it. It was winter, and one of those t- times we have ice on the roads. He was inexperienced. He lost control of that car, drove off into a ditch, and it Total the car. He was not ready. And just, listen, just like my son in that situation, many of us think we're ready for something. And we're not. We think we're ready for these icy roads. We don't even know the ice that's coming on the road. We don't even know what's coming before us. You see what I'm saying? We don't know what's down that road, but God does. And sometimes waiting is God is doing, it's a blessing that you don't know what God is saving you from. You don't know what what God is keeping you from. You don't know what God is allowing you to to grow into. Maybe it's not time to be in full-time ministry. Maybe it's not time to get married. Maybe it's not time to have that baby yet. Maybe it's not time to go on the mission field yet. You've got to pray and discern the season and seek God for his leading. Psalm 37, 34 says, wait for the Lord. Wait on God. And keep his way, and then he will exalt you to inherit the land. Don't try to force things when God is saying wait. Secondly, winter distinguishes between annuals and perennials. My wife and I are learning about annuals and perennials because she has this beautiful flower garden in the front of our house that just, it's it's a lot of work. And we usually have these annuals, and annuals are plants that die after one growing season. So we're constantly going in there twice a year, digging something up, planting something else. That dies off, dig it up, plant something else. And it's like, wait a minute. This is too much work. So we're, we're now looking for perennials. <laughs> perennials are plants that just keep on growing. You don't have to dig them up. Well, what winter does, listen, what tough times do, winter times do, it reveals who people are in your life. Are they annuals or are they perennials? An annual is a, a fair weather friend. 
They don't survive winter with you. They don't survive tough times with you. They don't survive working through issues with you. They, they don't have the strength to work through anything. They're they, they just going to up and leave you. Winter shows you who your annuals are. A perennial is one that's there for all the seasons of life. It's enduring. And you might think somebody's your best friend, but when a tough time comes, when winter hits, and you, you might find out they hit the road and they were not really your friend at all. There's nothing like a hard winter to help you determine if this is a fair weather friend or a loyal friend. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a true friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. So be careful who you trust until you've been through some tough times together. If you get that right there, be careful who you marry. Be careful who you get engaged to. Be careful who you go in business with. Be careful who you get into a close relationship until you have experienced some tough times together and see what really comes out of them during those times. And thirdly, winter forces you to expand your wardrobe or freeze. And a deaf sister lives in Florida. She basically has a wardrobe of summer clothes. And every time she comes down here, she has to purchase some clothes if she comes down here in the winter or she's going to free. Same thing for us. Winter seasons of life force us to expand our wardrobe or freeze. What spiritual wardrobe do we need for winter? We've got to have the appropriate wardrobe. Winter's time of waiting and time you might feel discouraged. And we've got to, in that time, remember Isaiah 61.3 that says, Put on a garment of praise. For a spirit of heaviness, a garment of praise is the first garment you need during spiritual, spiritual winter. Actually, you need it in spring, summer, fall, winter. You need to wear a garment of praise constantly in your life. The devil does not want you to praise. The devil tries to stop your praise because he knows the power that's in your praise. That's why the second garment we got to have on is in Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the whole armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Satan does not want you to praise in the winter season. He'll do anything he can to stop it. That's why you got to clothe yourself in God's armor. It's the only way to defeat Satan. Armed with praise and wearing the armor of God will prepare us for tough times. And if you're in a tough time, remember this. Winter seasons are a necessary part of life, but this too shall pass. It came to pass. I want to encourage you with Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when a dream comes true at last, there is life and joy. God's word promises us that this winter will not last forever. The new growth of spring will come again. You'll feel the warmth of the summer sun again. There'll be another harvest time and your dreams will come true. But spiritual growth can happen in every single season of life if we trust God's plan, if we trust God's timing, if we trust that God works everything out, <clears throat> excuse me, in every season of life for our good. I close with this passage, 2 Timothy 4, 2. Be ready in season and out of season. God's telling us to be ready for whatever season comes our way. And seasons are strange because you can be one in a season of spring in one area of your life and an absolute winter in another area of your life. But we've got to be ready for whatever comes our way because God is always at work in every season of life. He's always at work. It's like the song says, he never stops. He never stops working. 
In the hot times he's working, in the cold times he's working, in the planting times he's working, at harvest time he's working, in the busy time he's working, when it seems like nothing is happening at all, God is working. God is always at work. He's always working for his glory. He's always working for our good. He's working everything in our season for our good. And your good is to make you like Jesus, to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. So thank him and praise him whatever season you are in, because God is moving and working in your life. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen.